702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Live, online. The 702 app, DSTV Channel 856, 92.7 and 106 FM. On the show today, inflation eases to 5.5% in November. Food and alcohol prices remain high. What now for the Amapanyaza? Peace officers or traffic officers will try and understand the latest decision. The Kirsten Clates alleged killer charged with rape. Five men accused of Dipstuart vigilante attacks are in court and Sandparks assures Table Mountain safety. All of that over the next hour. 7.02. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. The inflation data is out and your consumer price inflation easing to 5.5% in November. Remember, it was at 5.9% in October, so really close to that 3 to 6% band. Um, and it's been mainly driven by a monthly decrease in fuel prices. So that's bringing it down. But food and non-alcoholic beverages are still very, very high, 9% uh, of inflation. And then, of course, we had that issue with bird flu, uh, which made chicken and egg prices higher. Egg prices were almost 40% higher in November compared to the year before. So products that have become more expensive in the last month, I'm going to read you some of these just to get a sense. Sweet potatoes are 18% more expensive than a month before. Um, pre-recorded CDs and subscription music. Who still buys CDs? Is that a thing? Uh, eggs up 10%, uh, 10% from the month before. Seasonal fruit, tomatoes, prepared salads. And then products that have become more expensive over the last year. Potatoes. 64% more expensive than they were a year ago. That's crazy. Sweet potatoes, 47% more expensive. Eggs, 40%, as I said. And then pumpkin, bananas, brown sugar, rice, white sugar, broccoli, cauliflower. That's all the stuff that is so expensive at the, more, at the moment, uh, driving inflation. Um, but at least inflation has come down slightly. Let me know what your thoughts are about that. Send me a WhatsApp voice note, 072 702 702 the midday report monday to friday 12 to 1 p.m so i'm trying to uh, get my head around the position around the amapanyazas because yesterday uh, we got a statement from the justice minister ronald lamola conferring peace officer status upon gauteng's crime prevention wardens and these are of course known as the amapanyaza um, they operate under the supervision of the other law enforcement agencies such as the gauteng traffic and local authorities now remember these are the several thousand individuals that were appointed by the Gauteng Premier Panyaza Lusufi, 6,000 individuals. They underwent three months of training somewhere near Cullinan and then there was some confusion about what their jobs were. They were commissioning documents and then the police said they couldn't commission documents. There was some controversy over the fact that they had received BMWs and um, reportedly crashed a number of those as well. So what happens now? Let's try and understand this with Crispin Peary who is the Minister of Justice Ronald Lamola's spokesperson. Crispin, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Okay, we seem to be having a a little problem with Crispin because uh, he is joining us on Zoom. Um, I can hear him, but you can't hear him. So we're going to try and just sort that out in the meantime. Uh, We are also going to speak to accountability now because they are bringing a legal challenge against this. And we are going to speak to Siswe Pamla, who is the spokesperson for the Gauteng Premier. Siswe, joining us uh, on the line now. Siswe, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much uh, for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, What is your reaction? 
reaction to this decision by the Justice Minister to uh, confer peace officer status upon the crime prevention wardens? Well, as the Gauteng Provincial Government, this is something that uh, we welcome. Uh, the Premier has always argued that um, the crime wardens um, are not police officers uh, because they are there as a force multiplier. They are there to give support not just to SAPS, for example, but to all other law enforcement agencies. So now this is a step forward because what it, uh, it does, it clarifies uh, a number of people who have uh, raised concerns about the status of the uh, crime wardens, but it also uh, allows the provincial government uh, to uh, take uh, in the next step going forward in terms of preparing them now uh, to play the role that they were envisaged to play in the first place. So since we're for clarity, and I will ask Crispin to explain this as well, what are they actually going to be doing? Well, the, the idea of peace officers uh, is, is that they are um, a law enforcement unit that gives support to law enforcement agencies. Meaning that, uh, for example, this idea comes from the fact that when Premier elevated crime fighting as one of his uh, uh, priorities, he sat down with the relevant law enforcement authorities to find out what kind of support uh, they need. And complained that he didn't have enough cars. He donated 200 cars to SAPS. They talked about not having enough helicopters. He ordered helicopters to make sure that they have got access to helicopters, including drones. But also, one of the issues that they raised was uh, dwindling SAPS numbers. Not just SAPS, but also even with metros and other law enforcement units to say, in Houting, there's one police officer for every 546 citizens. And that is mm. an unsustainable situation. And now, considering the fact that um, crime fighting is not a provincial mandate, but is a national mandate, then the Premier had to look for ways to uh, uh, offer the support that is law enforcement agencies needed, which is to have a force multiplier, uh, extra warm bodies on the ground that will be available to give support okay. to the Southern Provincial uh, Law Enforcement Unit. So I understand that, and you, and you keep saying um, they'll provide support, but I'm still trying to grapple with the understanding of what are they actually going to be doing? Are they going to be enforcing bylaws? What, what powers do they have? What can they actually do? Uh, for an example, uh, one of the challenges that uh, many townships have is that uh, they don't have enough uh, uh, um, um, law enforcement officers who are patrolling in those townships. So uh, the identified areas is what we call tish areas, which is township informal settlement and hostels. Now, the numbers of SAPS and other law enforcement agencies just do not allow for that police visibility or law enforcement visibility on the ground. That's the first role. Uh, that they will play is that they will be visible in areas where there is not enough uh, manpower. Number two, if you talk about, for an example, um, uh, taverns, uh, uh, there are many illegal taverns. They are there to make sure that they can uh, ensure that people who are selling alcohol uh, without a license, for example, uh, those people are held accountable. We are talking about illegal scrapyards. Okay. Uh, in the, in, in townships and elsewhere, but we're also talking about cable theft. We are talking about vandalization of in, government infrastructure. We are talking about securing schools, ensuring that kids do not uh, carry weapons in schools, but also that they themselves feel safe in the schools. But right. also just uh, ensuring that when there's roadblocks or operations, 
uh, just about everything that law enforcement agencies are doing, they will be there to give them the necessary support. And are they going to be absorbed into the Gauteng Traffic Police or what umbrella will they fall under? Well, they fall under the Department of Community Safety, which is where uh, now um, uh, Gauteng Traffic Police uh, fall under, which means that they are a unit uh, on their own uh, and they, they fall under the same department, which is Gauteng Traffic Police is controlled by the uh, Department of Community Safety. Law, uh, 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 crime wardens also are under the Department of Community Safety. So uh, it, it, there isn't really a need uh, to absorb them one way or the other because they are subjected to the same uh, processes and the same regulation and the same expectations as uh, Gauteng Traffic Officers under the same department. Okay, Siswe, thank you very much. Uh, Siswe Pamela Gauteng, Premier Spokesperson, uh, reacting there to this decision. Well, uh, let's let's speak to Crispin Perry again. Uh, we've sorted out our technical issues. The um, Ministers of Justice's spokesperson joining us now. Crispin, thank you for your patience and good afternoon to oh. you. So just for clarity, what powers will these crime wardens now have? So they'll have the same powers as um, the traffic police, Gauteng uh, traffic police. Um, and this range, um, but generally they are law enforcement officers, as uh, CISWE has just highlighted. So where crime is taking place and they are able to observe that particular crime, they wouldn't just stand by and say, oh no, this is the purview of solely SAPs. They would be able to ensure that um, such a crime is, is attended to and they are then able to refer that to SAPs. I think the confusion comes in and, and where the public are confused is the fact that they had an expectation that these people would be in the same at the same level as the South African police services. So, for example, entering and searching property and it, investigating crimes, which is not something that our constitution allows. That is strictly a national competency. But like the Premier has said on previous occasions, these will be force multipliers uh, who will be able to enforce the law broadly um, at a provincial level. Um, and it's a quite different from what we have as JMPD, who are strictly traffic officers and they would then enforce traffic laws. But they too have, in essence, have peace officer powers. So peace officer powers in the main would be the ability to to um, detain someone until the South African police services arrive and take care of that person in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act. Um, and in this specific instance, to enforce the provincial traffic laws where necessary okay. or assist rather the traffic police to enforce those provincial traffic laws where necessary. So, for example, if you observe a, a truck that's driving with suspicious uh, scrap metals, as Cizwe had highlighted, they have the authority to, to stop that truck and ensure that you know that truck complies with the relevant laws that are applicable. So, on some specific issues then, um, can they arrest me? Can they ticket me? Can they carry weapons? W- what does the law say about all of that? So let's let's talk about carrying weapons. In South Africa, anyone can carry a weapon provided you comply with the Fire Controls Arms Act. So, for example, private security guards are allowed to carry weapons. Um, the Border Management Agency are allowed to carry weapons. Um, but provided you meet the strict uh, provisions of the Fire Firearms Control Act, and then that also has to be regulated, and the National Commissioner would then dictate, National Commissioner of Police, will dictate under which circumstances certain level of people can carry firearms. So 
that falls under the competency of the Fire Controls Armed Act and the National Commissioner would then spell out the specific conditions under which these individuals, if required, could also carry firearms. But yes, if you violate, um, particularly in this instance, uh, um, traffic laws at this particular level, they would then have the authority to, um, to, to stop you. And if you have gone above the limit of what is required and then you have to be brought to the South African police services, they can then arrest you and bring you to the South African police services. Arrest is solely bringing someone to a particular law authority. So even you, Mandy, can arrest a citizen who you believe is committing a crime and bring them to the attention of the South African police services. So um, arresting in and of itself, it has got some dimension to it. But ultimately, a person who has been arrested must then be brought to the South African police services who will then make a determination whether that person should be further detained and brought to a court of law. So I'm just trying to understand the politics of this as well, Crispin, because here we have a situation where the Gauteng Premier has um, decided to to appoint these these Amapanyaza, but then the Justice Minister had to find a way to to make them them legal. And we know that the context of this also is that the Gauteng Premier made comments about the Justice Minister um, and the fact that he wasn't willing to to do this. So um, is this now just the Justice Minister trying to find a way to to put them somewhere? No, I think that's a curious statement. Um, for example, we had had uh, given peace officer powers to Transnet to ensure that they have people who monitor the rails. Um, and they also have peace officer powers. That wasn't politicized. Uh, quite recently, you have seen, Mandy, the Border Management Authority were have been launched and they have been patrolling the borders. They too were given peace officer powers and that wasn't politicized. So it's a function of ensuring that we expand um, law enforcement agencies which specialize in particular fields and they're there within specific authority in that particular domain to enforce in that space. But more importantly, what they cannot do is what the South African police services would ordinarily do. And I think in this case, that was the debate. And I think somehow it got then lost in a in in some politicization debate, but it's definitely not the case. Crispin, thank you so much. Uh, Crispin Piri explaining to us uh, what the law says there and what this decision means. He is the Minister of Justice, Ronald Lamola's uh, spokesperson. Uh, as I mentioned also, there is now a challenge to this. Accountability now has lodged a complaint against Panyazala Sufi and his cabinet and the um, and, and this decision with the public protector regarding the constitutionality of the Ama Panyazas. Advocate Paul Hoffman is the Accountability Now Director. Advocate, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much uh, for your time today. What is your reaction to this decision uh, by the Minister of Justice to confer peace officer status upon the Gauteng Crime Prevention Wardens? Good afternoon, Mandy, and good afternoon to your listeners. I'm afraid the, uh, the Minister is trying to make peace between the Premier of Gauteng, who went and tried to do something way above his pay grade, and the Minister of Police, uh, Becky Chele, who is having nothing to do with the crime wardens or Amapanyaza, as they're called. So what the, the uh, Minister of Justice has now come up with is a completely watered-down idea, um, not, not crime wardens for the whole of Gauteng, but what, in effect, is assistant 
provincial traffic officers for the roads of Gauteng. Quite, quite a different thing. And, and it's not really what we needed, right? What we needed was no. more police officers. Having said that, though, I have to be fair and say that at the moment, right now, we're seeing 10,000 police officers at a passing out parade, which uh, Becky Kele is presiding over. But but what we've seen here from the Premier is really Panyaza doing Panyaza things, right? Yes, he, he, he's, he seems to think that because he's the Premier, he can do as he pleases. He can actually only do what the Constitution allows him to do. And his attempt to create the crime wardens or kits constables, as I see the experts now dubbing them, was painting outside the lines of the Constitution, which is why we complained to the public protector about it. And the, um, the Minister of Justice has now sought to regularize the irregularity by waving his magic wand and turning the crime wardens into assistant traffic cops, provincial assistant traffic cops, which um, the, pu- the public protector will look at our complaint and will we'll, we'll make up her mind as to whether the uh, authorities are playing fast and loose with the, the law, uh, mm. essentially as, as, uh, as an election ploy. It's, there's no coincidence that these are given the name of the Premier in order to boost his political profile and... Uh, it, it, it isn't what the Constitution has in mind, as Crispin Perry very correctly said. Policing, in general, is a national competency. And um, I think that Becky Chelly was for once correct in saying, I don't want any Amapanyaza yeah. uh, m- mudding the waters of my police service. Thank you very much. Having said that, though, in Cape Town, um, there's the conversation around the devolution of uh, policing powers because of the LEAP officers and the successes that there have been around um, LEAP officer policing. How is this different to that? Well, uh, certainly the uh, what, what the authorities in, in Cape Town are seeking to do is within a city, not within a province, and they are seeking to get the buy-in of the, uh, the relevant and correct authorities, and that requires them to deal with the Ministry of Justice and the Ministry of Police, something that Ponyaza uh, Sufi did not do in his efforts in crafting. Advocate Paul Hoffman, thank you very much uh, for that accountability now, Director. Look, I was very confused coming into this. I'm still a little bit confused, to be honest. Maybe um, there's more clarity for you now that we've got some of those questions answered around what exactly the Amapanyaza are going to be doing. Um, Is this Panyaza doing Panyaza things in the run-up to an election, uh, or is it a real uh, attempt to get more visibility, more support for police officers, a frustration from provincial level? As I mentioned, we, we are now seeing... 10,000 police officers passing out at a parade today where Becky Tsukela is is presiding. So, um, you know, is this just an attempt to support them or are you still confused? I'd love to hear from you. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hello, Mandy. Tom here. Vegetable prices. Last week, Thursday, <clears throat> sweet potatoes, on the Johannesburg produce market, that's the just normal loose sweet potatoes, was ran 13.17 cents a kilogram. On Friday, 
pick and pay for the same unwashed loose sweet potatoes was charging 39 rand 99 <clears throat> not the highest it's the price has been but that is really price gouging have a good day good day uh, mindy i'm finding your discussion with uh, both both spokesperson of uh, justice and correctional service uh, crispin piri and uh, Sizwe, the the provincial spokesperson in Gauteng, is quite uh, uh, confusing because uh, one hand we had that uh, when the crime prevention waters were coming to be introduced, when they were launched in, uh, I think it's Shanguva Giant Stadium, we were told they were going to deal with illegal land occupation, lawlessness, damage to state infrastructure, vandalism, gender-based violence, etc. etc. Suddenly now there are peace waters are going to assist jmpd and so on i mean it's quite confusing i'm confused too that's why we're trying to explain this to you because they're really not what they were intended to be i think that when they were introduced they were intended to be one thing and now the justice minister has had to find a way to make them legal in some way or another um and i asked that question to crispin Perry and brian backer on whatsapp says crispin is being economical with the truth it was the sufi who politicized this and it has become politicized so many uh, whatsapps uh one says my son joined the crime fighting wardens this year went for training they're sitting at home now without any answer Hmm. Uh, hi Mandy, how are the crime wardens going to increase law enforcement visibility when they drive around in expensive BMWs? For each of those expensive X3s, they could have bought three smaller cars and have three times the visibility. Didn't they crash 22 of those BMWs? I think this is all just, um, it's politics, right? That's exactly what it is. What's up Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hi, Mendy. If the court declares that the establishment of Amapanyaza was unlawful, what would the Auditor General uh, classify the expenditure that was done by the Premier Panyaza? Would it be irregular expenditure? Hi, Mendy. Tao here from Pretoria. I can't even listen to the full explanation from that guy who's talking about the green beans. You know, I know a lot of people who are lining up to be traffic officers. I'm, ta- I'm talking about people who studied, people who went as far as getting the degree in the road traffic management field, and yet they can't even be employed. But now you just get the green beans, you place them to be uh, 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 traffic officers. He, this is so insane insane panyaza used to be my favorite within the anc but this is insane because it doesn't make sense at all and it will never make sense the Seho on the WhatsApp line saying, I'm still confused. Don't worry, me too. Sounds to me as though these are essentially civil society given security guard status while cloaked by an level contrived authenticity. Hmm? How are they any different from ADT? I'm still confused. Perhaps someone else understands the arguments on all sides. Well, I've tried to explain it. I've tried to get the experts in to explain it. I hope that we have made some progress for you. 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Let's walk the talk. Sure, bombshell stuff coming out of the Alexandra Magistrate's Court at the moment. The murder suspect, Bafana Mahungalwa, a 21-year-old, applying for bail following the arrest for the murder of Santon Jogger, the teacher, Kirsten Clayt. So he is now facing a charge of rape and robbery along with one of premeditated murder. Um, and he is now giving evidence. He is 
on the witness stand. There are a whole lot of microphones in front of him. And he's been telling the court about the fact that he claims that he found the body of Kirsten Clates. He jumped a, a locked gate in order to get away. Um, and he um, is giving his evidence now because he is uh, trying to uh, get bail, as I understand it. But what he's also said is that he first saw Kirsten Clates at a restaurant in Parkmore. He also denies having raped the deceased. And I want you to take a listen to what he's saying. And the sound is courtesy of Newsroom Africa. That's when he also like pulled out the gun in the room. But he didn't point it at me, just pulled out the gun. Hold it there. They showed you a picture. Who was on the picture? Me. Whose phone was, was, was that? It was his phone. The gentleman's phone? Yeah. Upon him showing you this picture, he asked you, who is this one? And yeah. what was your response? I said, it's me. It's, it's you. Right. Why didn't you dispute it? Because I knew what it was about. What, what did you know? Like, because I had this feeling, like, after, like, running away and stuff. Okay, I know I did throw away the clothes, but then I had the feeling that, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to me at some point. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I, I stayed with my girlfriend, so, like, she kept on telling me that, no, man, you, you're busy being paranoid, they're not going to come and stuff. And I knew, like, I had that thing in my heart that they're going to come. They're going to come? Yeah, until they eventually did. Good. Yeah. I'm going to, I know what you, 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 you're trying to... You're going to come to a part where you meet with this person. What kind of contact did you have? What did you... What was your response after that? And up until you reach right? But for now, let's focus on this one. Okay. I want to get the arrest sorted. Were you shown any warrant when you were arrested by mm. this gentleman who's a policeman? No. No? No. Okay? And then, there you are, taken away. To Santon Police Station. Told what? <coughs> who's driving you? In which car are you? A Polo. Polo? Whose Polo is that? It's the one that had the police badges on it. A police badge on yeah. it? Yes. With how many police in it? Four. What are they saying to you as you travel to Santin Police Station? Um, they, were, they were telling me that the other one that was on the left side, the one I opened my phone and gave it to him. He told me to open my phone. So I opened my phone and then I gave it to him. And then he was telling me that, I like, can I say it in Zulu? Because he said it in Zulu. Yes. He's like, I'm going to say it in Zulu. He said, I'm going to say it in Zulu. He said, I'm going to say it in Zulu. Just hold it there. May that be interpreted, please? No, it simply means if you will. Actually, you should have told us. You could just tell us now. You need to rape him. Yeah. What was the res response to him? To him? Mm. I said I didn't rape her. You told him? Yeah. And then, still were other things which you spoke about with them? Like, they kept on questioning me. In the car, in the car. Yeah, no? in the car. Like, mm. they kept on questioning me in a sense of, like, me having to say yes. Mm -hmm. Trying to put pressure on me. Yeah, like, that I can say that I did it. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, you arrive at the police station. I arrive at the police station. Yes, what happened? <laughs> so then when I got there, uh, yeah, they said, yeah, when I'm fine, when you're in you Sun City, they said I'm going to Sun City, to the, the prison in Sun City. Like, did I'm you going know to... Sun City then? Sorry? Did you know, did you understand what are they talking about when they say you're going to Sun City? The only Sun City I know is the one I go to for vacation. For vacation? Yeah. So Where? Where's Sunset? I think it's in Rustenburg or something. Yes. Yeah. That's the one. You thought you were going there? No, I knew I'm not going there, but 
I knew that they just they said censor sensitive prison. Yeah. So then only after I got to the cell, like to the the police station in the jail, uh-huh. like I met like other guys there. So they explained what sensitivity is. Yeah. Let's yeah. get back to this issue of assault. Sure, my jaw is on the floor watching this. So you have a murder accused here, Mahungela, who's on the witness stand. He's been talking about how um, he has been uh, tortured and forced into this uh, into the charges against him. Um, he also speaks about the fact that he he first saw Kirsten Clates at a restaurant, and then he said that he was taking a taxi and walking through George Lear Park, and then uh, he spotted a rag, and upon closer inspection, he found it was the body of Kirsten Clayton. He shook her, but she didn't respond. Um, and he said he didn't want to get involved because she was a white woman and a victim of GBV, and he thought he would be blamed for her death. So he took her clothes because he didn't want to leave fingerprints at the scene. And you can hear him giving evidence there. And I have to describe to you that he is smiling and laughing through through all of this evidence. It's, it's just astonishing. It's extraordinary. What's also extraordinary is that you have a murder accused here giving a version to the court as part of a bail application on the witness stand. I cannot begin to tell you what a high risk this is. Any defense attorney will tell you that this is an extraordinary step to have the accused on the witness stand like that. But also for anybody who, who knew Kirsten Clates to be watching this kind of evidence, um, is it's just astonishing to, to watch, watch testimony like this. 7.02, The Midday Report, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. Well, let's stay in the courts. Uh, five men arrested for the alleged vigilante killing of the seven people in Dipsluit appearing at the Randberg Magistrates Court today for a formal bail application. Tobiso Goba, EWN reporter. Tobiso, good afternoon to you. Tell us what's happening in court today. Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, it was a very short appearance for the men who've now been uh, at Dipsluit 5. As you know, Mandy, they are accused of killing seven people. Um, they allegedly stoned these seven men and um, torched their bodies uh, on the 1st of December. And um, obviously those um, those bodies were, were dumped in a field. Now, Mandy, um, the state is saying that um, accused number five, that the residential address of accused number five could not be verified and an identity parade has still not been um, conducted. So that obviously that means we cannot name them or can we show their faces. Um, so um, the matter has been postponed to the 18th of December for all those outstanding issues to be sorted. But then obviously there was um, a lot of groans inside court, Mandy, because um, on the 18th of December, that's not the formal bail application. That is when the bail application is going to be decided. So it, it is, um, it, it does look like they're going to spend um, a bit of time uh, in jail, probably the rest of the year. Um, we did speak to a number of community members outside court, Mandy. There was, um, I think, maybe about 100 people who came to support the Deep Suit 5. And I had a conversation with one of the community leaders just basically asking Mandy that, you know, why why are you here and um you know do you especially th- this issue around vigilantism and um so the person i spoke to was kahamoto sekoto and this is what uh, she had to say we are here to support our five community members who have been arrested so we are here to grant for bail we want them out 
and um, obviously they um, accused of very serious charges. What, what do you think about that? They were innocent. They were not even on the scene. And, and do you think there should be justice for the seven people that died? Those seven people were the ones who've been terrorizing the community of Tixu. They've been killing, raping, stealing and everything. So, but still, they, they were killed. Do, do they not have a chance also defend themselves in court for all these allegations you're making? No, we don't because we are the community. We know people who've been terrorizing us. We know them. Is this a way to to sort out the issues in community by killing people who are alleged, uh, who are accused of crimes? No, we are not condoning the mob justice at all because we've been trying to police several times. Even if the court incident took place, we called police and then they told us there were no vehicles on that time. What do you think should happen? Should there be justice for the seven people that's, that were killed? No. We feel like the, the, the police are protecting the criminals instead of protecting the innocent. Thank you to Tobiso Goba, EWN reporter, for sending us uh, that audio and for that report from court where five uh, people appearing in court today for the uh, vigilante attack on seven people. And as you can hear, the residents of Dipsford are supporting their community members. We did hear a spokesperson for them uh, last week saying that they are innocent until proven guilty. And there is a sense that there is a deep dissatisfaction with the police in Dipsford, hence the vigilante attacks, as you can hear there. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. In Cape Town, a Rwandan national wanted for genocide crimes. Back in the Cape Town Magistrates Court today, Fulgens Kayashima facing 56 charges, all relating to immigration related offences. And Tutuzelo Nene, EWN reporter, following this for us. Tutuzelo, what's happening in court today? Um, good afternoon, Mandy. So, uh, Fulgens uh, made a brief appearance um, in, at the Cape Town uh, Magistrates Court today, um, and his case was postponed to February next year to determine um, a forum. Now, what this means, Mandy, is that the court on the 16th of February will have to decide uh, which court the matter will be heard in, whether it stays at the magistrate's court level or whether it's transferred to the regional or high court. Um, Previously, uh, you know, uh, in his last appearance in October, um, the state had informed the court that uh, investigation into uh, Fulgens Kaishema's alleged fraudulent entry into the country was still incomplete um, and that passport documents uh, have not been received from the Malawian embassy and documents on the representations that he made when he entered the country uh, at the Komati port border were also outstanding. But today, um, the state telling the court that all those investigations investigations have been completed um, and now it's just a matter of deciding which court this matter will be heard in next year in February. And Tutuzelo, thank you for that. And Tutuzelo Nene, EWN reporter, giving us an update on that court case involving Fulgens Kayeshema, the Rwandan national wanted for genocide crimes. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hello, Mandy. Per the police peace officers that has been discussed. You know, this is just another version of the expanded public works program. I understand the need for additional law enforcement officers. I understand that there, there, there are issues which are challenging the, 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 the very fabric of our society. But surely we could have taken 
and trained 6,000 SAPS officers who would have been more useful on the ground across the country. This is just vote garnering. We are taking people who should be training for 24 months, giving them quick training and putting high-powered vehicles and possibly even high-powered guns in their hands. This is just about vote garnering. That is all it is. Sorry to sound the skeptic. Cheers. I think it's a sentiment shared by many people because it, it kills two birds with one stone, right? Because you are solving an employment issue by creating 6,000 positions. Um, and we've also seen the Gauteng Premier um, with his other campaigns to create employment. Um, and the problem here is that they're just not experienced enough. They're not trained sufficiently. Uh, Solly on the WhatsApp line says, Hi Mandy, Solly and Deb Kluwer. For having Amma Panyaza with two months training driving high in BMWs and experienced officers driving rickety old cars uh, is creating enmity polar services between the two and, and that's it now you're going to have issues over where do they fall because they don't actually fall under the Gauteng traffic police they fall under um, community safety it's all just very very blurry and it has become very politicized Mandy in a crime ridden country such as ours um, I really don't understand what the fuss about Amapanyaza is all about uh, because, uh, I mean, the police clearly are overwhelmed and uh, it seems the minister himself too, the minister of police. So uh, anything to help fight the crime in this country should be, uh, you know, good news. And as long as these guys, these Amapanyazas stay within the law, they do things that are legal. I don't know, I, don't, I really don't understand what is wrong with them assisting to fight the crime and reduce the crime levels in this country. Thanks, Farai. Thanks, Farai, for a different point of view. And I must also make the point that at the moment the police minister is at a parade for 10,000 police officers that are graduating. So these are police officers that have gone through the full training um, that are graduating that will be added to our police service. So there is that happening as well. 702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Let's walk the talk. If you were listening a bit earlier, uh, you, like me, would have been shocked by the testimony of Bafana Mahungalwa, the 21-year-old accused of Kirsten Clate's murder, her body uh, found in the George Lear Park, because he's actually on the witness stand giving uh, a version, which is just the craziest thing for an accused to do in a murder trial. He's in the Alexandra Magistrates Court, and News from Africa is is broadcasting this testimony where he's spoken about the fact that he uh, was shocked and traumatized to learn that he was a murder suspect, that he took her clothes after discovering her body because he was worried that his fingerprints would be on, on her body. So because it's just so outrageously crazy, I'm going to take you back to, to the courtroom so we can carry on listening to Mahungela's evidence there. And just to describe to you how he's been looking throughout, there's been a smirk on his face. He's been smiling. He's been um, laughing. Now he's standing quite still with his hands behind his back as his lawyers are conferring. He's looking around the courtroom. He's wearing a T-shirt, a white T-shirt that has a BMW on it and the BMW logo um, as he's waiting for for his, his lawyers to ask him questions. And as I said, it really is astonishing for a defense lawyer to, to put his client on the stand. Let's have a listen. Uh, 
Okay, it looks like the lawyers are just sorting out some issues there. But Mahungela giving a version to the court explaining what happened when uh, the police arrived and he was so surprised and shocked and traumatized to learn that he was a murder suspect. That really is um, a phenomenal, um, really bombshell stuff coming out of the Alex Magistrates Court. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. The IFP policy conference underway in KZN, a two-day policy conference. Khantla Mabaso, EWN reporter, is there for us. Uh, he joins us now. Khantla, good afternoon to you. Tell us about what's being discussed at the policy conference. Well, many issues of education, health, social fair, uh, welfare, rather, and the issue of energy, but also what was um, out, uh, what, what was at the main top of the agenda um, in the first commission by the security cluster, the issue of security in and around the province. Not surprising, maybe given the amount of uh, shootings that take place in this province. You have political shootings, taxi violence, and in the, I mean, um, related violence. But also the issue, according to the uh, chairperson of the uh, security cluster one. I must mention mainly that there's two clusters that are looking in the issue of security, but this particular one focused mainly on borders. Eight, eight, eight months ago, um, IFP uh, National Chairperson Desert Gwala, who's also the chairperson of this uh, particular uh, cluster, visited the Mozambique border just north in Guazul Natal. And he raises concern about the fact that Mozambicans could just cross in and out of the country, so saying that an IFP government would change some of the things around that. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. So it is important that a government, that the IFP, as we want to take over, then we'll make sure that we have to do something that will actually help the people of South Africa so that they will, they will be safe. Because they are not safe at all. I do think that, uh, and many other people have suggested, that immigration and policies uh, around this issue are going to be big deciding factors in the elections. And what what else uh, has been discussed at the policy conference? Well, again, Mandy, this particular cluster also raises concerns about the police minister, Peggy Taylor, saying that part of the reason why crime is such a crisis in this country is that the National Commissioner does not even have much power to implement some decision or operational decision saying that the police minister takes the role of two camps, saying that an IFP government would rather have the commissioner having to do more responsibilities than the minister, of course, although not confirmed by both the police ministry and that uh, police department. But this is what the IFP holds a view of. Let's take a listen to their national spokesperson, Kulewa who's also formed part of this uh, security cluster commitment. The commissioner, with all due respect, is, you know, trailing behind the, the, the minister. So even that clarification is important because it goes to accountability. Ministers taking operational decisions, which is not empowered. And I think the choice Minister Kelly must make is that he goes to the president and says, I think I'm better suited being the national commission and then vacate the minister's position. Thank you to Nkhantla Mabaso, EWN's KZN reporter, for bringing us that audio and that report out of the IFP's two-day policy conference. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hi, Mandy. Uh, it's Elvin here. Uh, my son uh, joined the wardens uh, this year, a couple of months back. They went for training, I think, three months. And um, they're still sitting at home looking for answers. I don't know what is happening. Nobody seems to have a clue on what's happening. Uh, Please, can you just ask 
the spokesperson what is happening with the new intake of wardens. Thank you. Bye. Mandy, this Amma Pinyaza is Pinyaza Lesufi's little uh, soldiers. Um, no, I just think it's a waste of taxpayers' money. Who's paying for these, uh, how many, 6,000 or 60,000, whatever amount it is, to have them in the streets? Three months training. What does three months training teach you? Um, and I think the problem might arise here where they might overstep the line. You know, knowing what happens in this country, uh, they won't stick to just what they are supposed to do. They'll go beyond. So, not impressed at all. Thank you very much for all of your WhatsApp voice notes on this issue. We have tried to understand what is now happening um, with the conferring of peace officer status on these Gauteng crime prevention wardens, also known as Ama Panyaza. Look, my understanding of it is that Panyaza Lusufi, the Gauteng Premier, tried to, um, as the Premier, tried to almost afford himself powers as a provincial appointment of, of, of law enforcement that he's not allowed to do. And we know that you're not allowed to do this. It's a national uh, responsibility, as the Justice Minister spokesperson explained to us. So they had to find a way to give them legal status. And they've given them legal status by making them peace officers. They're going to have the same uh, same level as the Gauteng Traffic Police. But when it comes down to the fundamentals of what are they actually going to do, which is the question I was trying to get answered, I'm still quite confused about that. For me, it's a visibility thing. They are going to add warm bodies. They're going to uh, have visibility. Maybe they'll scare off people. They'll be able to uh, affect citizens' arrests. So uh, I think that we're going to continue to speak about this one. So uh, I think more reaction on that today. And then, sure, this testimony that's been going down in the Alex Magistrates Court today. I think that's really going to to have a lot of coverage today. Bafana Mahungela giving evidence about the murder of Kirsten Clates, saying that he found her body, but he did not kill her.